You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Time refers to periods in life where you experience things that are unpleasant, bad, trying, frustrating, and such. And on earth, you will experience evil times. Yes, you will experience evil times. Earth is not heaven, is it? You you have to understand that bad is going to happen on earth to everybody. Christian or non-Christian? On your way to heaven or on your way to hell, you're going to experience bad or evil on earth. Most people, especially Christians, consider consider uh, evil to be connected to the devil and it is to a degree uh, especially when you consider scriptures like 1 Peter 5 and 8 it talks about how the devil tries to do bad or evil to folk by looking for somebody he can devour or overpowered. That's what he wants. He, he looks for folk that are having a pity party and, and he, he will overpower that person with evil. Cause them to think bad instead of good. Wrong instead of right. Then take it further by causing them to talk nonsense instead of sense cause them to do things that are in contrast to the will of God you got to have the devil demons or the enemy's number like Jesus had it Jesus exposed the devil by saying about him he's a thief that comes not before to steal, kill, and destroy. He's about evil. But evil also comes from folk. One of the reasons that 
the Lord had to send the flood upon the earth is because men or humans had became evil. To the point to where God said, I'm going to get rid of all of them, saving Noah and his family, and wipe out everybody because of evil. And so evil is something that the Lord hates. It disgusts him. But we, we really need to understand evil not just in the sense that, that we know that it's connected to the devil, it's bad, it's unpleasant, and so forth. We need to understand evil from a, from a biblical standpoint. And I just want to go to a few scriptures just to deal with, with evil. Uh, I want to start in uh, the book of Job, chapter 30. The book of Job, chapter 30. Job is uh, right before Psalm. So we're in Psalms. So just go to the book next door. Job 30 and 26. When you get there, say, I'm that preacher. Job 30 and 26. But when I looked for good, evil came to me. Woo, that's some of our testimony. When I looked for a blessing, bad came. When I look for a good report, a negative one came. When I looked for good, help me with the next four words, evil came to Evil came to me. That's real. I said, that's real. Evil gonna come. Evil gonna And you got to do something about it when it comes. It's going to come, but what are you going to do about it? Are you going to welcome it? Are you going to let evil lead you? You gonna make a connection with evil? <laughs> and allow it to go with you wherever you go? Monday, 
Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. When I look for good, evil came. And, and, and sadly, when, when, when that happens sometimes, first thing we do is allow our mind to not only focus on the evil, but in, but in uh, certain cases, we start talking about good. Yeah, we do. Evil on shoulder. Oh, Lord, I knew nothing wasn't going to happen good. Man, I did all that praying and look, still bad show up. But don't try to act innocent. Look how innocent you're trying to act. You know what I'm talking about. Lord, I didn't, I, Lord Jesus, all that fast. All that hope and expecting and change. When, when you do such, you didn't handle evil the way you should. And remember what I asked you earlier? What you going to do when it comes? And if some of us would quit acting innocent, we, <laughs> we didn't handle it right when it came. Man, don't nothing never happen good for me. Seem like you try to fix it. Well, you know you done said what you shouldn't have said. You have to deal with evil. Let's consider what Paul said. Let's go to Romans. Let's go to the book of Romans. Chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 21. He finna help us. Ready? Do not be overcome by evil. But overcome evil with, help me. Do not be overcome by evil. But overcome evil with what? I put a whipping on evil with good. When it, when it does not work, when you want it to work, you got to put good on that evil that's trying to make you talk bad about good. It didn't happen now, but it's going to happen. Because all of his promises are yes and amen. When it didn't work out the way you expected it to work out on that Tuesday, then, then it didn't work out on that Thursday, then it didn't work out on that Friday evening at 3.30. You got to put good on all three of them. It may not have worked out today. It may not have worked out the next day. It may not have worked out two days later, but all things 
work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are the call according to his purpose. You have to overpower. That's what overcome connotes. You have to overpower evil, wealth, good. If you don't overpower evil, wealth, good, evil will overpower you. It'll start causing you to think, talk, and do the wrong thing in the church and outside the church. Time for you to stop allowing evil to push you around, child of God. You've been evil's pushover too long. It's time for you to, to flip the switch to turn the script and start putting a whipping on evil. And look at the tool you got to do it with God's word. You got something that ain't going to fail. Heaven and earth shall, but not God's word. It's not going to fail you if you put it on evil. Because evil going to come. When you look for good, evil going to and you got to be ready for it. When it, when it come in the living room while you looking at your favorite show, you got to be ready for it. When you at Walmart looking for your nephew's Christmas gift, you got to be ready for it. While you're at Cracker Barrel eating your favorite pecan pan pancakes, you have to be ready for it. Woo! Say to your neighbor, you got to be ready for evil. Because it's coming. It's gonna come. It, it done been coming at it done been coming at me all week, but I've been ready for it. Have it been coming to anybody else? Were you ready for it? Some of you wasn't ready. You wasn't ready. But you have to make sure you overcome it with good. And the good that Jesus used to overcome the devil or evil was what I'm telling you to overcome it with. The word. That's the best thing you can use to overcome evil. Ain't no need in you crying about no bad report you got. What, the, what is that going to do? I mean, it, for a moment, if you, you just emotional, you want to shut go ahead and shut them. But you got to deal with that. You got to deal with that. If something has attacked your mind, your, your body, you, you, can, you can cry or do whatever you want for a moment. But you got to deal with that. You got to deal with whatever evil comes. Whether it's evil coming to attack you physically, mentally, emotionally, or otherwise, you have to be prepared to deal with it. And again, the best way to deal with it is with good, and God's word is good. The best thing you can have. Are you still with me? But also, when it comes 
to evil, evil will try to make you fearful or afraid of it, especially through bad reports. It's going to make you feel like ain't nothing going to work out for you. Oh, that's his job, to make it as bad as, as it can be. That's what evil will do. Yeah, evil ain't going to say hey to you. No, evil coming to tell you bad stuff. And, and evil seemingly knows the right nerve or button to push. Evil have you talking to it even though you don't see it. Why? Then push your button. Evil have you agreeing with it if you're not careful. It tries to get to your heart to make you fearful. If it gets to your heart and causes you to be fearful, you'll start making choices that God didn't direct you to make. You have to choose only child of God by what God tells you to do. That's the reason Proverbs 3, 5 and following says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. Evil will try to make you choose the wrong thing. And get this, Proverbs 3, 5 and following continues to tell us that, that when we start leaning to our own understanding, that's evil. That's the reason Solomon said, depart from evil. When you start leaning to your own, oh, y'all looking like, I, I'm just saying that. Let me go to that verse real quick. This wasn't part of it, but I, I, I sense that. You know I got the discerning of spirit, so I, I can sense stuff when, when you're trying to put it on me. So let's just go to Proverbs 3 and just sell this real quick. Lord have mercy. Y'all mature enough to know that, but let's go here anyway. Proverbs 3, 5. Ready? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall what? Do not be wise in your own eyes or understand and fear the Lord and depart from what? Evil. It's evil when you start trusting you more than you trust God. But when you get fearful, you, you'll, start, you'll start feeling like, well, I got to do what I got to do. And sometimes it, it's somebody that's trying to put fear in you. And some of the greatest ones that put in fear in folks are professionals. Experts in their field will try to put fear in you. If you don't do such and such, this right here is going to happen. And in that moment, if you haven't prayed or God is not leading you, you got to tell them point blank, I ain't doing nothing until I talk to God. 
Well, you got 15 minutes to make it. And I ain't doing nothing until I talk to God. And if God does not want to tell me in 15 minutes, I guess you ain't going to get your answer. It takes somebody mature to do that. You can't let, you can't let fear push you in a corner and start slapping you. Say to your neighbor, you cannot allow fear to get the best of you. Because that's one of the things evil going to come with. Evil going to try to make you be fearful. I got to show you something. Let's go to Psalm 23. Let's go to Psalm 23. And I'm going to read the entire psalm. Don't get nervous because it's, it's not but, uh, but six verses. But consider Psalm 23. The Lord is my, David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down uh, in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Those first three verses, he he just takes the time to just praise God for what he is to him and for what he point blank knows the Lord has done for him. But then in verse 4, he takes it further. He says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. See, he knows that the one thing evil will try to do is put fear in a person, especially when the when the person is in a shadow of help me. Look at the verse. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of what? I will fear no what? See, sometimes you are going to be in a place to where something is trying to kill you, literally, or something is trying to ruin you figuratively. But you have to have the mindset that you're not going to fear evil. You got too much good in you to allow evil to make you into a flunky or push off. Say to your neighbor, and if you have been evil's flunky, it's time to kick evil to the curb. Let evil know I ain't going to be your pushover no more. You got to look for another flunky because my days of being your punk. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Now notice, he gives a point blank reasons why. For the Lord is with me. Look at it. For the Lord is what? Why are you going to Allow what a person says that's evil to cause you to back in a corner and feel like as if that person is slapping you in the face and going with you. You do have the baptism of the Holy Spirit with it. I will fear no evil for the Lord is, notice what he says, with me. 
He was specifically identifying God as, as God, the Holy Spirit, being in him. David so un understood the importance of God being in him to deal with things such as fear to where on one occasion he specifically said to the Lord, don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. Don't take it from me. See, the Holy Spirit will deal with whatever is trying to cause you to go in contrast to God's will. Holy Spirit, according to John 16 and 13, will guide you not just into some truth, all truth. You ain't got no business, not at now time, I'm talking country. To try to make a decision by yourself. If he going to guide you in the whole truth. You shouldn't even utter out of your mouth what you going to do. It should be automatic. The Holy Spirit going to guide me. He going to tell me exactly what to do. And whatever he say. That's what I'm going to do. If he tell me not to pay you no attention. Guess what? You on my pay no attention list. Whatever he tell me to do. Is what I'm going to do. Y'all still with me? Yeah. Yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Watch him brag on God. Look how he brags on God. He said, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. He happy even though he is in the valley of the shadow of death. God comforting him. Giving him the strength he needs. Even though fear is trying to control him. But he goes on and says. You prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Notice the first clause in verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall what? How do you overcome evil? Wealth. When evil is trying to get with you, you have to let them know I got goodness following me. I got goodness following me and he going to take care of you and he done bought his partner with him. Mercy. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. How long? All the days of my life. Follow in the verse. Figuratively means protect. Goodness and mercy protects you. How in the world are you forgiven of that mess you do on Wednesday? God's goodness and mercy. Have mercy on me, Lord. I sinned again. Have mercy on me, Lord. I said what I didn't have no business saying. It protects you. It washes you. It cleans you from your crown to the sole of your feet. Psalm 106 and 1 says, his mercy endures forever. It never ceases. It's going to always be there to 
to help or protect you. But you have to know stuff like this. When evil comes, you got to let evil, look, goodness and mercy with me. Ain't nothing going to happen to me until my appointment. But if you don't believe that, evil will overpower you. See, it's only when you believe to where you enter into the realm of the miraculous of the realm of the impossible. That's the reason Jesus said to a man that was going through, if thou canst believe, all things are possible. Then he even told the person, with men, this right here, it'll never happen. But with God, all things are possible. When they tell you it's no care, look, you got to let them know, no, you write on your paper. In your book, on your machine, but with God, all things are possible. God got an answer for every type of trouble you go through. You just have to get in the scripture and do what Paul told Timothy. You have to study to show yourself approved. See, that's not just a preacher scripture. That's a saint scripture. When you get to going through things, you got to study to the point to where you can fight evil when evil tries to tell you you're not going to get your healing. You're not going to get your blessing. A miracle is not going to happen. A turnaround is not going to take place. You have to be to the point, child of God, to where you have an answer to whatever evil is trying to convince you of. Say to your neighbor, it's in the word. Everything you need is in the word. And so we, we have to make sure that we deal with evil in a proper way. Let me show you something else. Let's go to the book of uh, Psalm 112, I think, where I want to go. Y'all all right? Y'all just stay with me a few more minutes. Y'all stay with the Reverend just a few more minutes. Psalm 112. I'm going to start at verse 6, but verse 7 is what I want to deal with. Verse 6 is going to make it a little clearer. Ready? Psalm 112 and 6. Surely he will never be shaken. He's talking about the righteous, and then he mentions the righteous. The righteous will be in everlasting what? That means God going to remember you forever. But this is what I want you to get. And this is still talking about the righteous. He will not be afraid of what? Tidings is news. Righteous ain't going to be afraid of evil news. You got a year to where you done, you done spent more than you made. You ain't afraid of that. Why? It's still going to work out. 
They done told you you got 10, 12 things wrong with you. You ain't afraid of that. You know who created you. And if he created you, he can fix what needs to be fixed. If thou canst believe all things are possible. I'm talking to mature folk right now. You got to believe God no matter what you're going through. You got to trust God to see you through even though it does not look like it's going to work out in your faith. You better grab 2 Corinthians 4 and 18 when it don't look like it's going to happen. The things that we see, they're not going to last. They are not going to be effective as they appear to be. Simply because the word says that temporary. Well, you have a permanent situation, uh, Mr. Walker. No. What I'm looking at is temporary. How can you base that? Do you have a medical degree? No, I do not. I base it on 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. Do you know that? Do you have a God degree? Which comes from praying. You have to know scripture. Scripture works. You have to know how to deal with evil and you deal with it with good. And the good that we use as saints is the word. Because it'll never fail. There are some things that start out good, like they just gonna just work out wonderful, but they only last so long. But not God's word. God's word will never diminish. It will never start to fade away. As beautiful as, as flowers are in the spring, they're they going to fade away. Because sooner or later, it's going to either get too hot or too cold. And they're going to start withering away. But not God's word. God's word is the only thing that can revive that which is in a dead state. That same flower that has entered into a dead state. God can turn around and, and because of what he decreed in his word, that flower will come right back simply because of his word. As long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. Implication when it comes to flowers, same way that flowers have to go down, they will come You put a seed in the ground, as long as it's earth, it's going to come up. You have to understand the word and hold on to it, despite what you go through. I'm not losing y'all, am I? And, and see, when you deal with evil the right way, you become a product. Of what 
the psalmist said here in Psalm 37 and 19. Notice again what he said in part. Y'all still with me? Look at what he said. They shall not be ashamed when? In evil time. Evil present, but guess what? You're not unhappy. You're not disappointed. You're not upset and so forth. Why? You're dealing with it the way you need to deal with it. You understand that as long as you are human on earth that you're going to have to deal with such. But you don't learn how to deal with it to the point to where it does not cause you to be ashamed. It's not upsetting you. It's not causing you to be disappointed. Because you recognize God still blesses, still causes better to happen even though evil is present. Now we just left Psalm 23, which is a clear testimony that God will still bless you even though evil is trying to get to you. I'm still happy even though I'm going through some stuff. That's evil. Woo! Still happy. That bad is not my focus. Why? Because I'm dealing with it with good or God's word. You're not going to be ashamed. And that's the, that's the place where every mature child of God needs to be, to where evil is there, but, but you're not allowing evil to control you. You're controlling it with good. Whether it's an evil thing you're holding on or an evil person. Whether it's evil coming to your mind Or it's evil that you have experienced in a real way. You're not allowing it to control you. You're constantly dealing with that bad, that unpleasant thing, a person with the word. Now, evil will try to take you some, but you're not going there. You're not going there. I had somebody just, just say, and I knew it wasn't nobody, but... But evil, but evil said, yeah, y'all, y'all preachers think y'all something you do, this, that, and the other. And that, and I, said, I just, I just, I didn't go there. I didn't even go there. It wasn't even worth my time to even go there. <laughs> I just looked at the person, uh-huh, yeah, all right. <laughs> and just got in my car, which was clean that day. <laughs> Mashed the gas a little bit. Which sounds good when you do that. <laughs> and just pull off. I'm not going to let anybody take me somewhere I don't want to go. I overcome evil with. But I got to close it with, with what he deals with in the latter clause. Of Psalm 37 and 19. This is just so profound. Notice, notice this. In the days. Of famine. 
shall be satisfied. One of, one of the most evil things you can experience in life is to be in a place of lack. You want to do for your children, but you're in lack. Famine is happening. I know literally when it comes to famine, it has to do with, with no water, no food, or very little water or food. But figuratively, it represents when you just don't have enough. You don't have what's essential and significant. And see, that's not God's wish. You got to get that in your mind. You may start there, but it's not his wish for you to stay there. If that's his wish, we might as well throw away John 10, 10. The latter part. When, well, we're, well, the whole verse, you, you got to really understand it because they, they connect. Because Jesus uh, defines the enemy and, and wants us to know that he is nothing like him. He says the enemy is a thief that comes not before to steal, kill, and destroy. He said, but I, I have come for you to have life and that more abundantly. And, and see, evil has tried to make preachers who preach on abundant life be labeled prosperity preachers. And some of them, they may be into it just to try to get folks money or just to try to do this, that, and the other. But I preach prosperity because it's Bible. And I just read you one scripture. This is what, you mean, Jesus, you came that I may have life? And that more abundant, that's why you came? How can you not believe in prosperity if that's what the one that saved you said? That's why he came, for you to have life and that more abundantly. Now notice life. That, that means when it comes to every aspect of your life, Every aspect of your being, he wants you to prosper. And, and get this. He knows that you're going to experience evil. He knows your body is going to go through different type afflictions and so forth. But that still does not negate John 10 and 10. You can prosper even though you're not feeling well in your body. He knows you're going to go through things, but does that change him not coming that you might have life and that more abundantly? No. Even when you don't have a dime in your pocket, that's still what he wants for you. And he's going to do it. But it's going to have to be when we line up with his Word. 
We think, talk, and do word, not just in church, every day. I came for you to have life and that more abundant. Who are you? I'm the good shepherd. I laid down my life for you. I laid down my life so you can prosper and be in health even as your soul does prosper. Paul said he became poor. Why? That we might become rich. Productive in every aspect of life. Solomon understood it even before Jesus died and decreed the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow to it. Don't ever limit prosperity to money. Prosperity is God doing for you in every aspect of your life. But don't think God won't prosper you financially. Yes, he will. I'm, I'm going to tell y'all something. This is my business, but I'm going to tell y'all this right here. Y'all all right? Okay. I spent more money this year than I made. Yeah. Oh, God. Jesus. But I've been still prospering. I mean, I spent money, money this year. I spent hundreds of thousands. This personal. I mean, when you look at it, you indeed read. But he yet been prospering me. I gave y'all a minute to put something in there. You didn't, some of y'all didn't move, but I just, but you understand what I'm saying? Look at the text. They, well, let me read it. Misquote it. No, and, and everything I'm talking about has to do with the last thing that I'm reading here. In the days of fame, they shall be what? You're going to be happy. You ain't a famous. You done spent more. You don't have what you need. But he's going to satisfy you. You don't have. Look at your neighbor and say, but he does. <laughs> That's the whole key right there. You done ran out. But he had. You have no more, but he has plenty. Don't never base your situation on your outcome. Consider your situation, but allow him to have the final say or to change your outcome. Look at this verse again before I take you to a verse that you got to be ready for. Woo, I'm going to take you. It's going to be my last one, but you got to be ready for this verse. I'm trying to get you ready. Will you tell somebody you got to be ready for the verse preacher going to take you to? Because if you ain't ready, it'll just blow your mind. 
Because when we get to that verse, you're going to look at that verse and you're going you're gonna to utter out of your mouth, God changes not Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he did it for that person, he'll do it for. But you got to be ready. Look at the verse one more time. Louder part. And in the days of fame, and they shall be what? They shall be. He's still talking about just folks. Saints. Upright folk. He ain't talking about sinners. It's going to be a famine, but God is still going to take care of you. You ain't going to have what you need, but he's still going to take care of you. You ain't going to have the money to get no car, but he's going to make sure you get something to drive. You ain't going to have the money to get no house, but he's going to make sure you have somewhere to stay. You got to understand this. Paul so understood it to where he told the Philippian church that was going through an extreme period of poverty. And they gave out of their poverty. And Paul turned around and said, my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory. Jesus looked at folks giving at the temple and he seen a woman that gave two mites. Wasn't much money, but Jesus discerned she's giving out of her need. She's giving something because she needs God to move on her behalf. God will keep you satisfied even though you are in need of something. Shout at somebody. Can't nobody satisfy you like our God. Can't nobody meet a need like our Can't nobody turn situation completely around like I better hurry up and take you to this scripture. First King. Let's go to First King 17. Y'all know it. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. Y'all hold on. First King 17. We're going to start at verse 8. A famine is taking place throughout Palestine. And God been taking care of his prophet in the midst of famine. But then he tells him that he's going to send him to a widow that's poor. First Kings 17, we'll start at verse 8. Then the word of the Lord came to him, or Elijah, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon. Dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow to provide. For you. Who God to tell somebody to do something for you? You just can't miss your blessing. Or he'll give it to somebody else. I'm going to tell you something. Years ago, God told me to give somebody $20,000. But it was dependent on them coming to church. If they come to church today. I already had it in, in, in a little bit of. Well, there wasn't no little bit of envelope. One of them little uh, <laughs> yellow envelopes. I already had it ready, waiting for them. Had that name on it and everything. I don't write that good, but, you know, it, it was still. Because it was, it was going to be private. And uh, person didn't come. 
didn't come. I didn't know why he told me to do this for the person, but the person did not come. And the person was bad about hidden and missing. You know, especially when they get going through something, they want to come to church. You never not come to God's house. You never know what may be waiting on you. And see, this, this wasn't going to benefit me because I was sowing down. This was, only benefit I was going to get was going to be oh, obedience. Person didn't come. And guess what? God always going to have somebody else in mind when you miss your blessing. Like the Lord, she didn't come. I'm going to put it back. No, you give it to so-and-so if so-and-so come next Sunday. Now get this, the person that didn't come the following came that particular Sunday. Too late. I had got, I didn't scratch their name off. I just tore up the envelope and, and got another one and put it in there and gave it to the person. And, and long story short, the reason the Lord had me do it, they were about to lose everything. And that right there helped them not only to to get back where they needed to be, but to have a little extra, extra. Ain't that a blessing? Get this. What I'm trying to get you to see, that was their fame. That was their fame. It wasn't no fame here, but it was their fame because they did not have what they needed. They didn't have what they needed. But just like here in the text, the Lord told Elijah he had commanded a widow to take care of him. Only thing Elijah had to do was just show up or go to Zarephath. And sometimes if God is going to take care of you, he be done told you to go to church. You just disobey him. And you miss your blessing. Y'all stay with me. Good God. I told y'all, you got to be ready for this right here. Now some of y'all are like y'all wasn't ready. I, I set you up real good before I went out. But anyway, let, let's continue. Verse 10. So he arose and he obeyed. He went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he discerned that was the one. It does not say it was, but he discerned that that was her. He didn't ask her, uh, you the one? He knew it. God, no, let him know that this is the one. And again, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks, and he called to her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, so she was an obedient woman. She obeyed the prophet. And you know what, that, what the Bible says? When you obey or you believe the prophet, you're going to what? Prosper. So, so that sign that she did, he knew that she had obedience in her. But notice this right here. He said again, please bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel. Just a little piece of bread in your hand. Just a little piece a morsel. Wouldn't do nothing for me, a Marshall. <laughs> but anyway, so she said, 
as the Lord your God lives. I do not have bread. I ain't got no bread. I don't have no bread. Some of us got so much bread that well, we have to keep loaves in the freezer. But they won't say, I don't have no, no bread. But, she, but look how honest she was to him. Only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. A handful of flour. And a woman got, well, some women, not, but most women have little hands. Right, women? I don't want y'all to leave here. Pastor got a lot of nerve talking about we got little hands. I don't want you to be offended now. That's the reason I just asked. So. But anyway. But then she went on to explain to him, see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself. And I got a son. And we going to eat it. And notice this. And die. This woman had allowed evil to talk to her. You need to go ahead and get you a good meal. And then you and your son just need to go ahead and die. And this is what she was uttering out of her mouth. Death. That's evil. Even though she obeyed the prophet of God. You can see right here, she was not trusting God because of the famine or evil. Evil will make you not trust God. She was, she was obviously looking only at what she had. And when you look at only what you have and you trust in that, remember Proverbs 3, 5 and following, you're in a place of when you lean to your own what? Understanding. And we ought to depart from what? But here she is. In that place of evil. Y'all staying with me? And Elijah said to her. Look, notice the first thing he says to her. Do not what? Go and do as you have said. In other words, go and prepare the food. Go and prepare it. Go and do what you have said. But make me a small cake from it. Help me. How in the world are you going to make a small cake? He don't, now, first he just wanted a marshal. Now he's talking more like me. A small cake. I can work with that. I can work with a small cake, not no easy bake oven type small cake, but a small cake. That's for children. I mean, I ain't talking about that, but anyway. So he done went from a marshal to a small cake. And she probably ain't getting the revelation yet. She ain't getting the revelation. He asked for a marshal of bread. She didn't have it. I only have a handful. You can't get a small cake. 
from no hand full of flour. But make a small cake from it first and bring it to me and afterward make some for yourself and your son. How you gonna make a small cake from a handful of flour and make something else for two more folk. A miracle gonna come from a hand full of flour, but she hadn't got it yet. Same way with saints. Give. What? 10%. It's not that folks are not tithing. It's some folks just don't believe what Malachi 3.10 and following says about the tithe. Windows. Figuratively, you're going to start receiving from all kinds of sources. All kinds of ways. But anyway, let me go on. I'm getting excited and I need to close this. Now notice, make and bring it to me, make mine, and then after you bring me my little cake, you go and you make something for you and your son. And then he pulls out the prophecy because she, she ain't understanding yet that a miracle don't happen. I think y'all understand now that the whole time he was talking, he was, he was letting her know that a miracle getting ready to happen for you. But it's going to start with you blessing, you obeying what God told you to do. Right? Verse 14, For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bin of flour shall not be used up. Nor shall the joy of all run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. And finally, she gets it. She gets it. Finally, she gets it. She does not debate with him anymore. She does not try to tell him. What's going to happen based upon what she has? She obeys the prophet. When you obey or believe the prophet, the next thing going to happen is prosperity. Second Chronicles 20 and 20, latter part. So she went and did according, verse 15, so she went and did according to the word of Elijah and she and he and her, oh God, house. Ho, didn't say 
her and her son, but her household. Her household. Eight. For many days. What was the Supposed to only be a part of a meal. If you well, that wouldn't even be part of a meal. But I guess we'll just give it that handful of flour, part of a meal. I guess part of a meal. Enough to keep you from dying, according to what she said. It went from a little bit. To feed a household. Lord have mercy. Boy, that's sticking with y'all. Like, you, you, you're them brothers. Many days. <laughs> Verse 16 again. The band of flour was not used up. Nor did the joy of all run dry according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by who? Elijah was just speaking on whose behalf? God. That's who sent me to this scripture. Just say to your neighbor, you're going to be satisfied. I'm done. 